the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. The Jewish Hour can now be heard on jcastnetwork.org, your portal to Jewish broadcasting. It's also on iTunes and on your smartphone using the Stitcher app. A matzah bakery is where I will go. I add the water and knead the dough. In 18 minutes, my matzahs are baked. It's time for Pesach, and Pesach is great. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finman. It is Pesach time, Passover season, and this is the Passover show, one of two. We've got one next week, which is going to be in the middle of Passover. Right now, we're still running around getting ready for Passover, and I'm so happy that you have invited me to join you with your Pesach preparations in this half hour of the show. We're going to be speaking with a regular here on the Jewish Hour, Dr. Raymond Tanter, former professor of political science at the University of Michigan, currently an adjunct at Georgetown, noted author, scholar. We're going to be talking about President Obama's visit to Israel. We have lots of wonderful music, all of it Passover or Passover-esque and none of it anything that you probably ever heard before. I really went looking this time, folks. Wow. Yes, we got great music for you. We'll be talking about the holiday of Passover as there is no portion of the week. The portion of the week will return next week at its regular scheduled time. Stay tuned. And a dynamite Hasidic story, if we have time. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. <laughs> In response to the firing of four rockets at Storot last Thursday, Israel cut the permitted fishing zone for Gaza fishermen from six miles to three, bringing the fishing zone back to its size before Operation Pillar of Defense. Israel also closed the Karim Shalom terminal between Gaza and Israel, leaving only the Arabs crossing open for humanitarian aid. Terrorist gunmen fired at a Jewish man in Samaria. The bullets fired by the terrorists struck the man's leg. The man is in light to moderate condition. Bedouin gunmen kidnapped an Israeli Arab and a Norwegian woman in the Sinai. 
Egyptian police say attackers intercepted the two tourists as they traveled between two resorts in the area and forced them into a van at gunpoint. The pair are being held in exchange for the release of Bedouins held in Egyptian jails. Israel has already had already issued a strong warning of travel to the Sinai. Two Arabs were indicted on charges of plotting to carry out a terrorist attack on Jews in Jerusalem. The suspects, 26-year-old Muhammad Badir and 35-year-old Muhammad Odeh, were charged with conspiracy, arson, and aggravated intentional bodily harm. Israel continues to spray against the invasion of locusts from Egypt. One swarm of close to 30 million bugs entered Israel on Friday. Israel's Ministry of Agriculture says they have the situation under control. A Cypriot court convicted Hossam Talib Yaqub and admitted Hezbollah agent of plotting to attack Israeli tourists in Cyprus. Yaqub is a citizen of Lebanon and Sweden. The commission, this is an interesting story with a little bit of a twist. The commission in charge of drafting Tunisia's new constitution wants to allocate seats in the new parliament specifically for Jews. The Jewish community, though, responded that it's against the ideas of having specially permanent seats for Jews, saying that the most qualified people should be elected to parliament, regardless of their race, religion, or nationality. Or I suppose they have to be Tunisian, but some sad news. Rabbi Herschel Schachter, longtime rabbi at University of Yeshiva University, passed away this week at age 95. Schachter was the first U.S. Army chapel to enter and participate in the liberation of the Buchenwald concentration camp. He was also helped in major kinder transports from Germany to Switzerland and was very active during the 70s in the fight for Soviet Jewry. And finally, we had to comment something about the Barack visit. That's something you might not have heard about. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gave President Barack Obama a nanochip. You hear this? A nanochip with a gold coating on which the independent scrolls of both the United States and Israel are embedded side by side. How cool is that? The nanochip is also set is the nanochip is set on a Jerusalem stone from the Second Temple period. The gift was a development of Technion University in Haifa. President Obama gave Israeli President Shimon Peres a magnolia tree, which was planted in the garden outside the president's residence. And that's the news. Do you know the best place to buy fruit and vegetables? Why, it's at Frutasia. Located on Southfield Road, just south of the 13 Mile, Frutasia provides quality, value, and the most wonderful environment to shop. You'll enjoy the spacious aisles, excellent selection, great prices, and friendly staff at Frutasia on Southfield Road and 13 Mile. Why go anywhere else when you go to One Stop Kosher? Located on Greenfield Road, just south of 696, you're never far from One Stop Kosher. At One Stop Kosher, you'll find the largest selection of Passover products in Michigan. One Stop Kosher carries thousands of kosher for Passover items, and over 100 Passover items are on sale now. They even have kosher for Passover pizza, hamburger buns, and cake. One Stop Kosher has the largest selection of kosher for Passover wines as well. It's One Stop Kosher on Greenfield Road in 696 for all your shopping needs. Herschel Finman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. We have on line 
Dr. Professor Raymond Tanter. He is a former, formerly a pres- uh, professor here at the University of Michigan, now lives in Washington, D.C., involved with Georgetown University there. He is the founder of the Iran Policy Committee, the Committee for the Present Danger, and is a member and scholar of the Washington Institute on Near East Policy. Welcome back to the Jewish Hour, Dr. Tanter. How are you? Good morning, and Pesach Sameach. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we're going to, we're talking, you know, we, everybody was in, it was really hard actually trying to find news this week in Israel because by Sunday morning, when the show airs, the news of President Obama being in Israel is like old already. It's like not news anymore. So, but we can talk about his being there. Did Obama's charm offensive in Israel work is our theme for today's interview. Let's just start with that question, Professor Tanter. Sure. Well, the purpose of the what you call the charm offensive was to lay the predicate, to mix a metaphor. That is to uh, get Israel to uh, get Israelis behind a subsequent push to do something more on the peace process. He wasn't trying to do anything on the peace process on this trip between Israel and the Palestinians. And secondly, he wants to make sure that the Israeli public is behind the idea that there is time to work out some kind of a diplomatic solution to the problem of Iran's nuclear um, progress, progress on on the bomb. Mm -hmm. So I think that the president achieved those two objectives very well. Okay, and he also wanted to get Israel like really behind him. I guess yeah, that would be like a big thing. His 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 um, not that I don't know if if the president of the United States really cares about his approval in Israel, but last year a poll was conducted and his approval rating in Israel was about ten percent. Does such a thing really matter to the president of the United States? Well, look, there are two countries in which President Obama has low opinion ratings like that: Pakistan and Israel. I was going to say the United it's States up. and Israel, yeah, but go ahead, yes. No, Pakistan uh-huh. and Israel. Go ahead. the United States. That said, I think that if he doubled that to 20%, uh, it wouldn't make that much difference. Uh, so, I, But I think he did the right thing by going, and I think he did the right thing by not going before the, the 2012 election. I think that showed some courage with respect to to Florida. He didn't take the politically easy route. He also said that, look, if you, if I wanted to go along with the polls in America with the overwhelming support for Israel, all I'd have to do is nothing. And the American public would like it, the Israeli public would like it as well. So I think that it's, it's that, that he probably did the right thing by not pushing on the settlements, but, and he, but he did the right thing by saying that a two-state solution is is in the offing at some point, uh, unless Israel is is doomed to uh, live in an island by itself. So, and this is in effect what many Israelis, President Paris says the same thing, and and uh, even Rabbi Finman would probably think that in his wildest dreams. <laughs> he, he might, yes, indeed. Would, would you, it seems pretty unusual that the President of the United States, the first time he's coming as an officially the President, would come to Israel and rather than addressing the Knesset, the Israeli parliament, chose to have his main speech in front of a group of uh, wide-eyed college students, Dr. Tanter. Well, 
Well, I would have done the same thing, bye bye. Because Why? you're a because you're a college professor. Of course, you would have wanted right. to be. But, uh, but but one heckler standing up at the Knesset. I've been to Knesset, and it's a wild place. Uh, and one heckler would be the the story. Uh-huh. The Obama trip failed. That the Israelis are protesting his visit, and that is that what you want the American president to look like when he visits Israel? No. So why go to the Knesset then? There actually was a heckler at his uh, university speech. Somebody got up and he said, well, yeah, this- well, that was an Israeli Arab who was heckling him and he was booed by the overwhelming crowd. It was one person, but had a official, a parliamentarian, a member of the Knesset stood up and heckled the president. It would have been a, more of a dicey situation. Yeah, they really don't know about Robert's Rules of Order, order over there in those Knesset places, do they? Who doesn't know? The uh, the Knesset, members of Knesset don't know about Robert's oh, Rules of well, Order. Yeah, you know, you know, in, in the British Parliament, it's the same way. You, you heckle people. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so what about, it seems very unusual to me. It's just there were two statements that, that seemed to come out. One of them was that the um, the the team that went to prepare Obama's visit said we're not going to go to this place and this place because of security concerns, and the other thing was is the fact that while the president was in Israel, there were rockets fired from Gaza into Hamas. So it seems to me that the president wants to establish. It's a steroid, excuse Gaza. me. Yeah, yeah, it's a, from Gaza to steroid. Sorry. It seems, it seems to me that the, the talk of, of trying to get things back on schedule is, is here we have people. I'm not going there where Israelis live because I'm worried about the security there and these bombs going off and people, you know, so just trying to, to, to say the same old, same old seems kind of stale, no? Well, the people who shot the rockets are not the people with whom the peace process is directed. Hamas is not part of the peace process. Hamas is an Iranian proxy that is dedicated to the destruction of the Jewish state. Yeah. What did the president mean, though, when he said he wanted to see, he said this in his speech in Ramallah, that he wanted to see a Palestinian contiguous nation? That contiguous seems to me that he wants to have some kind of a something going on between the Palestinians in Gaza and in the West Bank. So he wants well, to include them. that's a signal that, that settlements should not make Swiss cheese-like poke marks in an area, E1 and various other areas, where a Palestinian state state would be contiguous. But the president didn't act on the basis of that. Look, when I was at the White House, I said, President Reagan, give the Israelis poetry, and they'll love you. And he gave the Israelis poetry. Bill Clinton did the same thing. I wasn't there to say that, but... you know, he would say, Haver Shali, and the Israelis loved it. And President Obama is more like George Herbert Walker Bush, who gives the Israelis prose, and that doesn't work. So this time, President Obama gave the Israelis poetry. And uh, he'll probably double his opinion poll rating in Israel to maybe 20%. That's still not very high, is it? <laughs> No, not at all. What about the um, the the Israel Batena leader uh, Naftali Bennett? 
is now proposed, saying that the two-state solution is not a viable thing, but rather proposes a one-state, one, two-people solution. How, how do you think that might figure out, that developing that? Because they've been really – I don't know how really they've been trying, but the talk of a two-state solution has been going on now for, for 40 years. Well, Bennett is new into this game, and he really doesn't know the nuances, and uh, it's not his stick. So I would not – it's just that he is in a position to do something about what he says, but I don't think he'll follow it up, and I don't think that that idea – that idea is closer to what the Palestinians say. Um, and I don't understand some Palestinians say it. So it just doesn't fit with what the uh, mainstream Israelis say. But look, Rabbi, the story behind the story is that we're locked in this idea that, that the way you address the Iranian threat is through negotiation, sanctions, or military action. And what we have to do is to understand that regime change is the only way of ensuring that a nuclear bomb-capable or weapons-capable Iran doesn't come into being. And that means that the American government, the Israeli government, both have to concern themselves with the nature of the domestic opposition in Iran and to try their best to empower the expatriates who support them and others um, so that that opposition can be nurtured. The opposition in Iran is like a bird. And it's a bird um, uh, that falls out of its nest. And if you put you touch the bird, then the mother bird won't touch that bird, won't feed it. So you don't want to wrap your arms around the Iranian opposition, but you've got to do something to what I would call feather the nest, to do something that would empower the Israeli opposition. And Israelis aren't concerned with that. There's a group called the Mujahideen that uh, is for a two-state solution, for recognition of Israel's right to exist, and Israelis care less about them. No, APAC doesn't say anything about them. The, the Jewish, um, various Jewish organizations don't say anything about this, as if that group doesn't exist, and that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. You, you once said on this show, it's not really necessary to have peace, just a peace process. Are you still holding with that statement? Say that again, please. You once said that really the idea of having peace in the Middle East is not so tenable. It's just so long as there's a process right. for attaining Right. I know I peace. take that position. You need a process going in order to give the Saudi government and others the, the right to tell their people that we're doing something about the Palestinian issue, that American government cares about the Palestinians. Look, they're working on the peace process. So you have to have the peace process in order to do the other things you need to do, like prevent Iran from getting a nuclear weapon, keeping the Saudis and the Israelis and the Qataris and other Gulfies on board a strategic consensus against Iran. That's the issue. The Palestinian problem is not the issue. It's Iran, Iran, Iran. I like the expression you use, Gulfies. That's very cute. So <clears throat> would a person from Dubai consider himself a Gulfie? But okay, so are we are we to see more of this in the next three years and change of the Obama administration, where it seems like the first four years there was like a total ignoring of what was going on in, in Israel? Well, no, the American government never ignored what was going on in Israel. The Iron Dome doesn't reflect ignore, ignoring Israel. The Iron Dome worked very well, thank you, and that's American money. Okay, that's the defense. I'm talking about like the states. Israeli technology. Diplomacy is what I'm talking about. 
No, but, but the, you still focus on the peace process. The peace process is a charade. The issue is Iran. Okay. And, uh, so and the diplomacy is, is, I think, misplaced with respect to the permanent members of the UN Security Council plus Germany trying to make concessions in order for the Iranian regime to stop their quest for the bomb. Ahmadinejad and Hamanez both said they're not going to give up their right to enrich for chocolates and peanuts. Mm-hmm. And what they meant by that is that they're not going to give up the right for the bomb for any concessions that were conceivably forthcoming from the Western countries, the major powers. Okay, so let's go back to our original question. If you're just tuning in, our guest is Dr. Raymond Tanter, a a noted author, professor, uh, expert on Middle East uh, theory and policy. Let's go back to our original question then, Dr. Tanter. Did Obama's charm offensive work in regards to the anti-Iran situation? Yes, I think he he bought a little time. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu did not contradict President Obama's statement that uh, there was about a year before Iran has the bomb, and therefore uh, that that it was worth the trip to go. Okay. Had there been a contradiction by Netanyahu of that year, it would have been a disastrous trip. But I think that was all cooked before the trip was taken. Mm-hmm. So you see, it worked the, out very well. So you see, the photo ops that were all done were actually they were good and worth my tax dollars. Then yeah, everybody's smiling, and uh, everyone look. They're both elected; they have to have to deal with each other. So the the issue is how can they convince Iran that there's no distance between Israel and the United States? Because mm-hmm. if there's a perception of distance, then the Iranian regime will continue to hold out for more concessions and continue to enrich uranium continue to marry the enriched uranium, or attempt to, with a detonator, and continue to put together a whole package of the enriched uranium, the detonator, with a delivery system by missile, probably. And that's what the Obama prevent a bomb from occurring is about. Okay. Do we do we think we see anything practical happening from this coming out? We're still talking theory with all of these photo ops. Well, I think that uh, I don't foresee an Israeli strike against the Iranian nuclear installations, which is a good thing, uh, because Israel can start it but can't finish it, and America would have to finish it. And it would be best if Israel stayed out and if the United States had had to do the job. But I say put regime change from within on the table rather than immediately going to the military strike option and it's hard to get people... You've never asked me one word about this. You want to talk about the Palestinian issue, mm-hmm. you want to talk about well, the peace process, but you never want to talk about regime change within Iran. Look, there would not... Look, the Sinai Desert is full of terrorists now, in part because Iran. Uh, the Gaza has the Hamas armed because of Iran. Hezbollah rockets because of Iran. Syria's because of Iran. Syria's weapons were Assad, Iran. So Iran is the issue, not the Palestinian issue. And you and the way you attack Iran is put a fourth option on the table to reinforce the other options or to get rid of that regime from within. That's the issue. Do you agree? I do indeed. 
Uh, are the Iranian? <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> are they? Do we have to be subversive and somehow uh, put like a CIA plant as the next candidate? No, for... no, no. You don't want a 1953 coup d'état from within, led by the British MI6 or MI5, MI6, I guess. No, I was and actually thinking of getting some CIA operative who's like an Iranian to go and start running a campaign against Ahmadinejad and say, I want to be your next leader, vote for me. No, Ahmadinejad cannot run. So it's going to be between one of the Larajani brothers and another, and some kind of other sycophant of Ali Khamenei, the supreme leader. Right, understood. So, so we have to get Ali Khamenei out of, out of his office, get somebody else in over there. No, you don't want that regime. The regime, the Green Movement is full of people who support the clerical regime who would like to take power themselves. And so you don't want to substitute one supreme leader for another. You want a democratic, secular Iran, which has forsaken the right to get the bomb. That's what you don't have. And there's only one group that advocates that, and it's called the Mujahideen. And that's the group that the pro-Israel community ought to be about. Look, Rabbi, I've taught six times in Israel. I have Israel's back. No one challenges that. But I, for some reason, can't move the pro-Israel community on this issue of getting, getting to the heart of the matter, which is getting rid of this regime, not playing around with the regime with respect to negotiations, sanctions, and threats. I say you got my vote. I mean, you know. So, but what? <laughs> but what? But really, what's that worth? I mean, you know, for all I've got West Bloomfield on my shoulder. On yes, my, indeed, my indeed. Yes, maybe even Huntington so Woods I, too. I part of it. Started Pesach Sameach, and I want to wish all of my Jewish friends um, a, a happy holiday. And um, uh, I'm with you. Okay, likewise. We're going to wrap that up, and we thank you so much for taking out some of your time of your day to help enlighten us, Dr. Tanter. Take care. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Chiropractic healthcare offers patients the advantage of a safe and natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. People of all ages, including children, benefit from chiropractic's unique approach to health. Call area code 248-557-1818 today to find out how chiropractic can benefit your family. At the Solomon Chiropractic Center, we especially love children. All kids should have their spines checked periodically throughout their crucial growing years. Growth on a crooked foundation will create a crooked spine and become harder to correct later in life. Kids love to get adjusted at the Solomon Chiropractic Center. And hey moms, did you know that chiropractic offers a safe, drug-free approach to helping with the many pains women often get during and after pregnancy? We even have special tables which open up so pregnant women can lay on their stomachs. We treat moms, dads, children, and grandparents with arthritic pains, neck pains, back pain, and headaches. People of all ages, including kids, benefit from chiropractic. Come experience the natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. Stop living in pain. Call area code 248-557-1818 today for a free consultation at the Solomon Chiropractic Center to discuss you and your family's health needs. Remember, 557-1818. That's 557 Hi hi. Herschel Fidman, here you are listening to the Jewish Shower. We have, that, I always enjoy Raymond Tanter. He's just like upbeat and positive and just like a really good guy. I promise you Passover music. This is called Midnight Song. We know that the Passover happened at midnight. This is Yehuda Katz, not unfamiliar to the airways of the Jewish Hour. Let's listen in. Mm-hmm. 
תדענו שעכשיו חצות, כי עכשיו לצאת, כי הרגע האמת, הבת אחת אל המזוזה, הנה כולנו בתזוזה, יוצאים בין המצרים, החצי הלילה. עמוד האש לפנינו, עכשיו מאחורינו מלאכות, יצאנו לחירות, מצאנו לילה זה, לנו הפסח לילה זה, לנו לנצח כך נזכור, כל דור ודור. נסענו מסוכות, הגענו אל פי החירות, ונגדלו לניה, נבוכה בכל העם. נפלנו לתלונה, איבדנו את האמונה, נכנסנו בין הנצרים בחצי הלילה. עמוד האש לפנינו, עכשיו מאחורינו מהטוב, יצאנו החירות, מצאנו לילה זה, לנו עוד לילה זה, לנו באמת זה כך נזכור, גודל of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Herschel Fidman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour, continuing with some Passover music. This is called The Passover Song. This is the London Boys Choir, and it's just for you to help you get ready for Passover. For 200 years, there's no denying We were slaves there in Mitzrayim With sticks and stones, they tried to beat us But no matter, they couldn't defeat us Hashem, our Savior, heard our cries Sent us Moshe with lies and lies Frogs and locusts, darkness and hail Egypt suffered, the Jews did prevail Singing together all Singing songs to praise our God For miracles, salvation galore Da'idu, we need no more So let's sing Adash Yemaisheh, Obnei Yisrael We got our freedom, went out of Egypt 
surrounded by clouds, splitting up the sea. They chase and drown for us to see. Standing by a sea night, we got the power. Glad to be chosen, we said my seven niche, ma. Walking in the desert, our food was mine. Got it delivered, Mufanu Muzuman. The gift of Shabbos, water from a rock. We entered the promised land, our triumph was a shock. Singing forever all. Sing a song to praise our God For the milk and honey land Lord hides to the desert sand We all sing Here is our home God Back, Rubashkin back. We want them all back. accepting students. Whether you're a real beginner or have been at it for a lifetime, the Art Studio of Oak Park has something for you. All levels welcome, all ages welcome. Private tutoring or small friendly classes. Flexible hours available. The Art Studio of Oak Park is very affordable. Make your life better. Put art into your life. The Art Studio of Oak Park offers lessons in a strictly kosher environment. Call today 248-542-5087 That's 248- 542-5087. It's great having an art room right in the neighborhood. Hey, Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. we got time for one more song. You're not going to believe this one. I couldn't believe when I found this one. This is called Passover Rhapsody. At this point in the show, we usually play either a klezmer song or a parody song. This is not a klezmer song. This is a parody song. And I'm not even going to tell you what it's a parody of, because if you know what it's a parody of, then you'll say, oh, that's a parody of. And if you don't know, then it wouldn't matter anyway. So let's just listen to the Passover Rhapsody. Is this the real life? No end to slavery. Caught in Pharaoh's No escape to reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see, God will redeem you so miraculously, cause ten plagues come, then we'll go, blood and frogs, lice and boils, Moses you are dreaming, this could Let 
my people go to fulfill our destiny with the Torah we'll be free Moses tell your God I've just begun my heart is hardened the Hebrews are here to stay Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the -the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800.
You know the best place to buy fruit and vegetables? Why, it's at Frutasia. Located on Southfield Road, just south of the 13 Mile, Frutasia provides quality, value, and the most wonderful environment to shop. You'll enjoy the spacious aisles, excellent selection, great prices, and friendly staff at Frutasia on Southfield Road and 13 Mile. Hey, Shulfeman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. We are speedily approaching the holiday of Passover. Passover starts tomorrow night uh, at sundown and continues in uh, the United States and anywhere outside outside of Israel for eight days until Tuesday night, April the 2nd, at dusk, which is about uh, an hour and change after sundown. During this time, Jews refrain from eating bread and other forms of fermented glutinous grain, which all sounds very fancy for basically the stuff that we eat every day. And if we want to eat grain products, well, we have to eat matzah. What's the, what's the idea over here? We were told in the, in the Bible that we commemorate the exodus of Egypt by eating matzah because the dough, there was no time for the dough to rise. And we talked about this before. We've talked about it this year. And therefore, in remembrance of this, so we eat matzah. But there are other things that we do to remind us. In fact, we're reminding ourselves that we left Egypt all the time. It's a half of Judaism is reminding ourselves that we left Egypt because indeed it is a focal point in our Judaism in that it marks the start of the beginning of the Jewish people as a nation and the Jewish religion as such a religion. Because before that, they were just a bunch of seventh cousins that were living together in close proximity one to the other. So what, what is this whole deal with matzah? And we put such an importance on it. And to the extent that people go, you have people that don't eat bread a whole year. You have this, this phenomena now that, uh, I don't know, maybe this was past generations that this happened, or maybe people just suffered. I don't know. But there is a phenomena that people can't have wheat intolerance and gluten intolerance. And I know being a distributor for matzah, if you need matzah, shmura matzah, contact me on rabbifinman.com. Do that right now because you only have today and tomorrow. And there's a, the whole year they don't eat bread, but Passover, they're going to go out of their way. They're going to get this, this stuff. They, they tell me, I'm all out of oat matzah, but they tell me that the oat matzah tastes like congealed oatmeal. And it's not doesn't taste very good, but the people go to the trouble of eating it. I myself personally this year, having discovered that I have a, a wheat intolerance, I'm going to be using spelt. So I brought spelt matzah in. And there's a lot of people, once they heard I brought in spelt matzah for distribution, just like jumped on it and said, oh, yeah, wheat problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what is it so much about, about matzah that we're so so hep on it, that the Torah puts so much emphasis on it, and against so much against eating bread. A person who eats bread intentionally during the week of Passover is considered a heinous criminal, according to Jewish law. 
worse than, say, a murderer, an arsonist, which is really strange when you think about it because all the guy did was put a piece of bread in his mouth. What the whole idea of matzah and Passover and not bread suggests is our connection, a very fundamental connection to God, one which requires tremendous diligence on our part. You know, it says there's an expression, even though he may sin, he's still Jewish. A person cannot give up their Judaism. Essentially, we all have a connection to God. But that's that's just essentially. What about the in-your-face Judaism? What about our, our open and apparent connection? And for this, we're told no bread, matzah, specifically. You bite into a piece of bread, okay? It's one of those things. Um, in the book, How to Sell Your Home, there is a suggestion that if you're, when you show your house to people, that you have something going on that's going to excite a person's olfactory nerves. You boil a pot of coffee. You put vanilla in a spray bottle and spritz it around the house. Or you bake bread. And that's like number one. If you can do that, better than coffee, better than vanilla, if you can bake bread... People are just going to say, I love this house because there's such a, a, a pleasure. So totally, and you get hot bread out of the oven. It's like the expression is you just want to smash your face into it. Hot buns with butter on them. People are going, my mouth is watering talking about it. A bagel with cream cheese on it. Okay. I don't know too many people who say matzah. Yes. My Uncle Harold of blessed memory used to say, please make sure to take the matzah out of the box because if I were to eat it while it's in the box, I might eat the box and not know it. Because matzah really, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he was actually 100% right because if you were to store matzah in a metal container, it would probably taste like the metal container. And if you put it in like glass, it would probably have no taste at all. It picks up the taste of the, it really does. It picks up the taste of the cardboard. So, and therefore it does taste like cardboard. Okay, people will argue with me and they'll say that the wheat has a certain sweetness and all that, yada, 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 yada. Okay, compared to bread, bread is eaten for delight. People go out of their way. I'm going to buy at this bakery because they make a wonderful pumpernickel or a Russian rye or this type of onion oat bread or whatever that... And I'm not going to go to that bakery because their white bread tastes awful. So people are, are looking for the taste, for the feeling, for the pleasure involved in it. 51 weeks out of the year, we tell the person that your Judaism has to be imbued with such a feeling, a wanting to smash it in your face type pleasure from adhering to the Torah and its commandments. One week out of the year, we say, you have to strip all that away. You have to be able to relate to the God, to God in a way which, believe it or not, supersedes even pleasure. Now, anybody who's familiar with psychology knows that pleasure is our motivation for everything. 
It's the reason why you get out of bed in the morning. Even it just means that you just want to have that feeling after you went to the bathroom that you don't have to go to the bathroom. That's also a form of pleasure. 51 weeks out of the year, we say, okay, go experience Judaism in a pleasurable form. The week of that, and, and this sense of pleasure goes, it's located, if you'll ask the, the neural science scientist, it's located like in the very deep, deepest part of the brain, the pleasure sensor. And it really is what gets us motivated. One week we say, we want you to go beyond that. Can you relate to the Almighty in such a way that you're not getting anything out of it. That you're not doing it because of a quid pro quo. You're not doing it because to some sort of exciting. You're not doing it because of. And you can don't even have to go further than that. Passover is a time when we just want to put ourselves out of the way. And it's described best in the very shape of matzah versus the shape of bread. Bread is big and puffy and high. Matzah is very flat. My, my son, he should live long and be healthy, was helping me with matzah distribution and sorting through some of the matzahs. Is an, he's an expert. Any, any little bit of puffiness on a matzah has to be suspect. Maybe something's wrong with this matzah. And he's very good at scrutinizing, much better, much better than I am. Okay, And uh, he invalidated several matzahs that would have just passed by me unnoticed. Because you don't want to have a puffy matzah. You want your matzah to be flat. It's true the Yemenites have something called a soft matzah, but it's not puffy. And I'd like to get my hands on, on some of those. If anybody knows where I can get some Yemenite matzah, you can contact me at rabbifinman.com because I'd like to give it a go, some, some soft matzah for a change. Not that I have any problems with the crunchy stuff. I don't mind crunch. Matzah is flat. There is, for all intents and purposes, it's like there's nothing there. That's what we have to do. On Passover, because if you make yourself a nothing, how much godliness can you hold? And the answer is all of it. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Some of the best jobs in the world are in the radio and television industry, and you too can join the workforce in as little as eight months when you complete your hands on training at the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts located in Southfield, Michigan. At Spex Howard School, students get to play and learn at the same time. Imagine spending your class time behind the microphone, spinning music and hosting your own radio show, or designing and lighting a set for your own TV program, running a camera, learning to edit, directing a program. When you go to Spex, your day will be anything but dull. And if school is this fun, imagine how exciting it is to work in the growing industry. In addition, the credits you earn while attending Spex Howard School are currently accepted at 14 area colleges and universities. If you've always wanted the best job in the world, call for a tour of Spex Howard School at 248-358-9000. That's 248-358-9000. Or visit them on the web at spexhoward.edu. 
Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. This is where you start. Why go anywhere else when you go to One Stop Kosher? Located on Greenfield Road, just south of 696, you're never far from One Stop Kosher. At One Stop Kosher, you'll find the largest selection of Passover products in Michigan. One Stop Kosher carries thousands of kosher for Passover items, and over 100 Passover items are on sale now. They even have kosher for Passover pizza, hamburger buns, and cake. One Stop Kosher has the largest selection of kosher for Passover wines as well. It's One Stop Kosher on Greenfield Road in 696 for all your shopping needs. Hi, this is Spex Howard from the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. We're happy to sponsor the Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding for the Jewish Hour comes from its sponsors, it's listeners like you that help keep the Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to the Jewish Hour, 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. That's 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. Your help is greatly appreciated. Hey, Shul Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Want to get in touch with me? Easiest way, rabbifinman.com, www.rabbifinman.com. This is the last week of March. We haven't paid the bills yet. Hopefully, we'll get them soon. We do that with your help. We do have sponsors, but we are, for the most part, listener-supported, and we need your help to get March paid for. If you haven't done so, March is the time to be a listener-supporter. We can go to rabbifinman.com, click on the $36 button, and you become a member of supporter of the Jewish Hour. Want to give more? You're more than welcome to. If you don't like dealing with uh, internet donating, I understand. Send your donation to the Jewish Hour, 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. Uh, the story to, to this week involves a Rebbe by the name of Yonchanan Tversky, who was known as the Rachmastravika Rebbe, who lived in Jerusalem. He actually was somewhat raised in Lubavitch Rebbe's house. As a young man, he had uh, escaped World War I and come to Yekaterinoslav, where the Rebbe's father was. And they became, they, they knew each other. It happened in 1954 that this Rebbe Yechenin came to Brooklyn to attend a wedding for his son. And he figured that he would go visit the Lubavitch Rebbe. And Lubavitch Rebbe said to him, do you remember such and such a person? He was a student in the yeshiva that you were running while you were in Yekaterinoslav. Yekaterinoslav is in the Ukraine, by the way. Uh, it's now called Nyepopetrovsk. No, they, could, they changed it back to Yekaterinoslav. He said, yeah, I remember quite well. He said, well, he lives in America, and he's not religious. I want you to go visit him and convince him to give up his ways and come back to, come back to the fold. I said, sure. So they managed, he said, I want to go find him. There's only two million Jews in him living in New York. And he said that... Um, I just so happen to know about the guy's whereabouts. So the Rebbe called this, this uh, Rebbe Yochanan called him up and told him, I'd like to come meet with you. He came, he met with him. They were talking about the old days in the Ukraine, and the man took out a checkbook, and he started to write out a check. The Rebbe Yochanan, the Chaviski Rebbe, said, that's not why I'm here. So I really want to talk to you about your Judaism he began telling him, we put so much effort and involvement with you. And he said, they talked for an hour. And at the end of an hour, the man was in tears. And he said, Rebbe, you're right. 
I will improve my ways. I will become religious again. And he wrote it a check. And the Rechmetrus told him, I will not cash this check until I know that you have followed through. And he says, but I live here, you live in Jerusalem, how am I supposed to know? He said, when the Lubavitcher Rebbe calls me and tells me. Some six months passed, and this Rebbe Yochanan Twersky received the call, and his wife picked up the phone, and she said, who's calling? He said, I'd like to speak to Rebbe Yochanan. He said, who's calling? She says, the Lubavitcher. That's all he said. He understood, this is the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he said, you can cash the check. That's what was the ideal. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We're glad we had a chance to educate you a bit. We're glad you had a chance to entertain you a bit. Continue your preparation for Passover. Have a great Passover tomorrow night. Full eight days worth. We'll see you again next week. Take care. generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.